0: Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we are committed to resourcing people in worshiping God and serving others meaningfully for community transformation. Here is the week's teaching. Today we start a new series called Refresh, Life in the Spirit. I know, I'm not just suspicious, I know for sure that there has been a discouragement bug Going around, who has felt discouraged lately? I'm not saying you are, you've failed. Anyone felt discouraged lately? Yeah, great. The rest of you, God bless you. Thank you for standing strong. But there has been a little bit of discouragement, things going on in people's lives, whether that's in your workplace, well, like, how am I going to navigate this? This doesn't look good, or whether that's in your relationships, there may have been a little bit of strains, or that's in your body, you may be experiencing pain in your body for one reason or other, and all of that, and or or for some of you, your bank accounts may be speaking to you, and 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 they may be. Just like the fig tree. You know how the fig tree spoke to Jesus? It is not the season of figs. <laughs> you know how you go to your ATM. Uh, you put in the password. And then the ATM clearly speaks to you. It is not the season. <laughs> of withdrawals. And then you get back into your car. And you're like, what's going on? Someone should have did that check bounce? I'm like, what's going on? So, I've, I really felt that it's time for us in this season to get back to reminding ourselves about our true identity as children of God. And that these things that we face in the world cannot break us. We are beyond that. We are, we are not flesh. We are not just ordinary human beings. You know, when you came to Christ, you ceased to be just human. That happened the day you said, I received Jesus. You cease to be just human. You are now something else altogether. And we're going to spend a few weeks digging into this thing that we have received. Into who we really, really are. And I guarantee you, you are going to be encouraged. You're going to start walking in victory. You're going to be like, why did I even hustle over that thing? It's going to work really well. Now, how many of you have had spiritual experiences by show of hands? That's many of you. I like, um, some of you are now investigating spiritual experiences. No, not underwater what. You know? For, we are not trying to accuse you. I'm just talking about uh, there is some stuff you've experienced or you've been through and you can't explain it logically. Right? Yeah, like you can't explain it logically. It's, it's, you know. So I'll, I'll, I'll share with you a couple. When I was very young, I was in P three. I was in a primary school in the village where my mother also taught. I grew up in the village. We took care of cows, goats, name it. That's why I don't do pets. And I don't do pets. I did my fair share of animal care growing up. Okay? So, this business of, oh, that's a cute dog. I don't want to know about cute dogs. Okay? I just want to take care of people and watch TV, you know? Something like that. So, so we grew up in the village. And one of those days, I was out on the football field playing with other people. Uh, Must have been afternoon. I I can still see the day. I can still remember exactly where I was. And I just had this flashing thought that my dad was going to die. Now, because I was young, both in uh, stature and wisdom, and I, I wasn't mature spiritually, I couldn't do anything about it that I probably should have done something about. So there it was. It was just a momentary thing. You know, you get this clear, clear thought and and you move on. Someone said a good idea is like a baby crying in church. It should be carried out immediately. (laughs) Some of you have been sleeping on those ideas for forever. You write about it, you have meetings about it, then one day you're driving in Kamocha and someone is executing the exact idea you had. Where were we? <laughs> so I had this flash and I, I kid you not, like less than two weeks later, my dad was shot dead. I I still remember that clearly because there was a certain knowing of what was going to happen now I can't explain that logically right that could only have happened by the spirit somehow my spirit got wind of that information it wasn't something in my mind or an emotional feeling it wasn't something I was thinking about I was playing football for crying out loud but my spirit captured that information and it turned out to be true now, if, was, if I was mature then, as I am now, then I would have engaged prayer and, you know, seeking God about how do we make sure this situation doesn't turn out like that. Fast forward many years later, uh, we lived in Chisasi. Chisasi, At the time we lived there, I don't know about people from Chisasi nowadays, but at the time we lived there, uh, it was... If you took six months without thieves trying to break into your house, you were special. So anyway, so we were robbed once and then another time almost. So that's like one and a half times. And for those who have never gone through it, what usually happens after you've been robbed? You know, like you come from your bedroom and you reach the sitting room and all the doors and windows are open and everything is gone. Except, of course, the furniture. You know, when you drive around the next morning, everyone looks like a thief. <laughs> You're just seeing thieves everywhere. The whole border, border stage, all the people walking, we are like thieves. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> one of those days, I, I was doing my, we were living in Chesasi, I was doing my morning devotion, uh, reading the scriptures, and I just had this clear thought that a certain couple was going to give us their car. Now, we didn't, I didn't know them. We didn't have a deep relationship with them or anything like that. Nothing. Two weeks later, we had that car. How did I know? It was by the Spirit. Okay? Now, that's, those things have happened when I'm not even trying to be Spiritual. Now imagine what would happen, because it says to be candidly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What would happen if we were deliberate about it? Like you're deliberate about living life in the spirit, where you know what God's will is for your life constantly, because it's in your spirit. Am I making sense? So there are things called... There are these spiritual experiences are true and real and they reveal to us that there is a world that we have access to but maybe we don't bother to access too much many times. There are those days we used to go to prayer mountain and pray uh, with all oh, the wrong motives, by the way. We just thought we would make God happy by praying long and hard. And we'd go up there, what? Praying the rain, eh? Not syndica weekend. So, one, one of those days, I remember, I think it was a public holiday, and it was a Friday, and we were praying with a group of friends, and there was this friend of mine who hadn't got a job yet, and when we were praying, I just turned to her and said, it was Friday, I said, by Tuesday, you'll, be, you'll have a job. You know those things that escape your mouth? And you're like, stop, you know, who said that? You know, huh? you want to say, ah, uh, Disclaimer. It may not happen exactly the way I've said it. Uh, you know, uh, You know uh, the, the prince of Persia, what they may prevent the answer. <laughs> but you've already spoken and, and and you know I've been through a few of those. I'm praying with someone and say in 14 days, and I'm like, Mosey. <laughs> you're putting God on the line. Someone said someone was saying us that you need to pray prayers that make God sweat, you know. <laughs> Where God is like, ooh. Do you realize Jesus never told these disciples at any one time that you are believing too much? Okay, who told you to? No, it was always, oh, you of little faith. You will never make heaven go bankrupt with your requests. So go ahead and just, shh. Look, the same faith for 100K is the same faith for 10 $10 million dollars. It's the same. Where were we? So I told this lady, uh, you'll you'll have a job by Tuesday. (gasps) (sighs) (sighs) But you know, sometimes when you've seen enough of God's goodness, uh, you'll be like, who cares? It's, God. it's God's uh, reputation at risk. <laughs> so, this lady got a call on Monday morning to go interview for a certain engineering firm. She got there Monday afternoon. After the interview, they told her to start working immediately on Monday afternoon. How did I know she was going to get a, a job on Tuesday? By Tuesday? It was by the Spirit. Am I making sense? So, have you had spiritual experiences? Yes. Like, you can't be an African and you have not had spiritual experiences. <laughs> <laughs> you know, over here we live life in the spirit. So, that's, that's what we are going to be talking about these coming weeks. Invite your friends, neighbors, in-laws, outlaws, enemies, everyone. Because I'm telling you, when we start living life in the spirit, things become, uh, they, they, they go to a completely new level. And that's what we want to experience. First Thessalonians 5.23, together, we read aloud. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May your whole spirit soul and body. We are spirit, soul, and body. In the Old Testament, they had a problem because they could only say uh, body and soul, or and spirit. But they never really made the distinction. But now here we can clearly see we are spirit, soul, and body. And when you understand these principles, and we will take time, you will understand how to live a consistently victorious life. Amen. For example, when he says uh, uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, now all things are new and now all things are of God. He's talking about your spirit. Amen. There's this little book by Andrew Omack called Spirit, Soul, and Body. It's now, this book is good. Trust me, uh, he, he writes better than he talks. And he talks really good. So this book is good. This book changed uh, my life many years ago. We've we've, gone to the, we've taken the brother out of the way. We went to the bookshop, bought the books and brought them here so you can buy them here at the cost price that you'll have bought at the bookshop only twenty-three thousand for you to get the best out of this series which is going to run until like christmas by the way you'd better get yourself this book you will thank me later and come and look for people to top up and say 23 i want to pay 230 It would be like no relax put that on horizon build So, we are spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Now, the thing is, all these three things work together. You can't say, huh, I slept late. Let me send my spirit to work, checking with the boss, while my body Lies in for an extra two hours of sleep on Monday morning. That can't work. That's why it says, May your whole spirit, soul, and but it works well together. I keep telling people that day you wake up and go to the mirror and you don't see any image. <laughs> you'll have gone to heaven. Okay? The Bible says the, the body without the spirit is dead. Death is separation. When the spirit and the body are separated, you, you die. Are we making sense? So you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Also, and these problems have existed since those days. John writes about them in the book of First John and others. People who de- who decided that if anything is physical, matter, they they, they had this incredible, they are called the That one. Someone will tell me. They had this incredible, they they said, all matter is evil. Greek mythology. All matter is evil, all spiritual things are good. And so they were saying, uh, uh, so it doesn't matter what you do with your body because it's evil anyway, just mind the spirit. That's when Paul writes and says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So you can't say, ah, now that I'm born again in my spirit, which by the way is true, hundred percent righteousness. Never let anyone convince you otherwise. You can't say now, now that in my spirit I'm a hundred percent righteousness, let me send around my body to sleep with so and so, then do so and so, and then whatever. After all, it doesn't impact my spirit. That's dangerous. There are some friends in Corinth who are behaving thus. You read about them in chapter 5. And Paul sent a very strong warning. I will just put it at Strong warning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, commit them to the devil. So, we really don't want to commit anyone to the devil. So, you have to understand that it is your whole spirit and soul and body. Am I making sense? Now, this is going to get juicier as we go on. Soul, spirit, soul, and body. So you can't just do with your body whatever you want because your spirit is, is saved. Matter of fact, whatever happened in your spirit, if you really received Christ and grace, starts seeping through. As you renew your mind, it seeps through to your body and its environment. That's why you find that people like, anyway, let's not even go there people who have received the spirit not just in their spirit but they allow to be, the spirit to be poured upon them and Jesus told the disciples the spirit the Holy Spirit is with you and shall be in you and then later he said and he shall come upon you there are so many dimensions of knowing the Holy Spirit never be satisfied with the little you know there is always more in God you see, it's always crazy to think that we have only four dimensions as human beings. Length, width, volume, and displacement. And now start imagining that God probably has like 10,000 dimensions. What do you think will be happening just at dimension eight? When the other guy goes to, says he went to heaven and he saw things, and the, 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 the creatures, they had w- w- wheels moving in four directions all at the same time. you so, your spirit. You possess a soul which has your emotions, thoughts, and will and you live in a body. Now, when it comes to your body, it's easy to tell. Just go to the mirror or slap yourself. You'll feel it. Okay, feel your body, someone. Feel your body. Is it there? Kanyama, right? Yeah? Six pack. All right. So, you have the body. You don't have no issues feeling your body. Now, when it comes to your soul you also know you have a soul even though if we operated you on a, an operation table we will not find it we know it's there I can touch you without touching you if I can say I love you so much you're so beautiful <laughs> huh? what does that feel like are you feeling something you're not feeling nothing It's like, right? Maybe you feel better if it's someone you, you want to be telling you those words to be saying them. Now imagine it is that person. You feel something, right? You can make someone feel good. You can feel sad. You can feel excited. You can feel mad. That's why we have emojis to show us what's happening in the soul. They are an external, they are an electronic expression of the soul. Am I making sense? Now, we have one small problem. The spirit. You see, naturally speaking, you don't have access to your spirit. In fact, if you're born again, your spirit is even sealed by the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians chapter 1. It is sealed. It's incontaminatable. You can't feel the spirit Brethren who come up in the fellowship and say, I'm feeling in the spirit, Shamshing. Brother, let me tell you, Shamshing, you can't feel in the spirit, Shamshing. Because your spirit is feel beyond feelings. Am I making sense? The spirit, you don't feel nothing. How do you know what's in your spirit? The Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own self for he who is only a hearer not a doer is like a man who looks at himself in a mirror and when he goes away forgets what kind of person he is the bible is your spiritual mirror if you want to know what you really are in the spirit you read the bible says you're the righteousness of God that's who you are now out here in the soul you may be like Drat, I just did some pretty unrighteous stuff you are the righteousness of God. In your spirit, you have. Do you know in your spirit, you, he says he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, given, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He says he has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places. In your spirit, you're in heaven. Your spirit is the portal of heaven. Just like you don't need to fly to California to experience Google, you don't need to go to heaven, the place to experience heaven. You just log into your spirit. Am I making sense? Hebrews 4.12, He says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than end to edge, so piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marron is the son of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God will tell you clearly, it will separate your feelings, your soul, from your spirit. From what God is saying. Sometimes people will say, I feel God. No, you don't feel God. When God says, like that person I told you, you're going to get a job by Tuesday. I felt nothing. It was by the spirit. People who operate in ministry... And in prophecy, it is they know you if you wait to feel it. You're going to wait a long time. You start operating by faith. Even when you feel nothing, you just know this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Am I making sense? And friends, this is not for just a few specialists, this is not for Mose. Every believer in Jesus' mind, every believer should be walking like that. You can just tell. Amen, amen, amen. So spirit and soul and body. Uh, let's, so again, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Now, let's go on and then you'll understand why I overstressed those factors. Now we are going into this section to talk about the fact that if you're in Christ Jesus, you're a child of God. You are born of God. Let me make the argument now so that then we deal with it. So I am saying you are spirit and soul and body. That's one. Two, if you're a child of God, if you are in Christ, you are a child of God, not as if as if, for real. God is your daddy. You can say that with confidence. Now the third part we are going to deal with is the fact that. God is not your father in terms of the physical. Not, God is not the father of your flesh. God created your body, but did not beget you in the flesh. You are begotten in the spirit. He produced you in the spirit, but created you in the flesh. Does that make sense? It, if it doesn't, it will soon, if you stick with me. Forget lunch? No, okay, we'll be done by lunch. Just stick with me. So, look what he says in John 1, 2, 2, 12 to 13. Uh-huh. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, who were what? Born, who were born, born, not just created. Who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You people, you know we not discover, so we can run run over it, but it is hectic, my dear, to start imagining that you are born of God. God is your dad.. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, this is when, so when I ask who's your daddy it, it, the, d- depending on whether you're being spiritually minded or kindly minded that may be your earthly father that comes to mind first or God now of course the heavenly father says we should honor our earthly fathers that's a command that's not negotiable you can't say I found another father no. Oh, oh, oh. Are we together? But the interesting thing he says, he, says he gave the rights. Eh, they talk of human rights. This is a divine right to be a child of God. Look, he doesn't say, he gave the opportunity. Now, is it an opportunity? Yes. It doesn't say he gave a privilege. Is it a privilege? Yes. But the writer goes beyond all these things so that he establishes our mind in the fact that it is a right. You are entitled. Now you know here in Africa we have this funny adoption system. When someone loses their parents or something then the uncles and the aunties they share the children you know they just take you pay your school fees you have to behave well of course uh well, take care of you you go to campus finish your degree everyone cries at your graduation because you have memories of how these people have been good to you and you go on but you really we are not really adopted you know what i mean like they're still your uncle now th- this is different This is like when they reassign the papers to say, from this day forward, this is my beloved son or daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Right. That means, that means you have the same level of access that Jesus has. You have the same level of privileges that Jesus has. The same degree of responsibility that Jesus has. This is when the Christians bail out. This is when people bail out on me like, wait, 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 wait. It was good after that point. Could you be the same Jesus? Now let me tell you, Jesus said, uh, you, "The works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these." Now, how do you expect to perform superior actions with an inferior, uh, with, with, with with inferior equipment? You can't be there driving a 4,000cc land cruiser uh, uh, and you zoom to wherever and back and then you, you, you give some guy a, a 50cc border-border and say, man, you're going to get there quicker than me and back. And there's no traffic jam, just in case you're thinking. Do you think it's fair? If I have a 4-liter engine and then you have a 50cc engine and I tell you to outperform me, is it fair? I said, you're not just human. If Jesus had gone around thinking he was just human, he would not have done the things he did. He had to believe that he was the son of God. Uh, I'm walking by faith and not by sight each day. That's my new identity. The old man is behold, all things are new. That's my new identity. It's time for me to reign in life with him. Anyway, uh, guys, do, do you get what I'm saying? Born of God. Whew. I mean, just imagine you're going to drive home today entertaining the idea that God is your father <laughs> and that everything he has is yours it says first john 5:1 whoever believes that jesus is the is the christ is what born of god born of god born of god are you born again yes if yes, you are born of God. This business of being born again is not just a little bit of behavior change. I used to drink now I no longer. He used no, 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 that's what it's about. It's a complete change of nature. The new nature in your spirit is the nature of God. That's why it says that the, uh, the Ephesians 4.24 that you put off the, that you put on the new man which was created in after God, in Christ Jesus, after God. Like they copied God in true righteousness and holiness. Look what he says here. <laughs> okay. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. By the way, this verse used to. I found it. I found it, because I was like, okay, it's all, it's all right, but there's a way in which it's inconsistent with some other things that I believe, which are also in the Bible. But now I've found it. So it says, behold, what man of love, the Father has bestowed on us. We haven't worked for it. We haven't prayed for it. We haven't fasted. It's just bestowed that we should be called children of God. Therefore. The world does not know us because it did not know him. In other words, the world doesn't click us. By the way, if people of the world can, like freely understand you, let me tell you, there is a problem with your faith. Maybe I put that badly. <laughs> like, like the sinners that they click you. I mean, they are, you are supposed to love them. They are supposed to love. They, they are supposed to be like that's a. That's our dude right there. But they are supposed not to understand you. Okay, let me give you an example. Because you're thinking... Ah, 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 ah. So there's this group. They do the Alpha course. They're from Jazeera. They offer the Alpha course. And so they invite different people who haven't been to church for forever. And come, they come on the Alpha course. So one person came and... They were very suspicious of these people. Like, no, 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 no. Some I smell a rat. They are trying to trap me. How come they are acting so happy? No one can be that happy consistently. I'll, let me go and keep coming back. I'll soon find out. I'll find they will they will drop their guard, their true colours will come out. Happy? Every time he came back, they just seemed even happier. And then they're like, what are they smoking? Nothing. You know, some guy was told God is the most high, and he's like, I want what he's smoking. <laughs> some of you get that. The other day. <laughs> when they say Paul was stoned to death, that's not what they meant. <laughs> Don't be like, I want to be like Paul. <laughs> Uh, you'll be stoned to death for real. like. <laughs> so, the guy eventually found out that these people, they are just happy because they found Christ. The world is not supposed to click us. You know, there is, things are going to happen and everyone is panicking. Okay? And then the, the world will come and say, you weren't too panicking. Start panicking right now. And I, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. A friend of ours lost her dad not too long ago. He was in intensive care for some time. And I remember one of the messages she sent me, she said, <laughs> you know what? Eh? You'd better believe that the word works because I, I don't understand the me that I know and all this piece that I have now, they are not connected at all. Like for her, her previous life was one at that time. Eh? Panic mode. The whole world is, knows that she's panicking and in fact she's in panic mode. And, and she was shocked that she was not Panicking. So the world is not supposed to click you. They'll come and say, "See you what the economy what," and they'll be like, hey, "Hey, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, right here." And Isaac sowed in that land in the time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. In the time of famine, and the man began to prosper, and he continued prospering, and he became very prosperous. Now, let me remind you, the only part of the Bible that works for you is the one you believe. I choose to believe that part. And it's going to work for me. And anyway, it says, therefore, the one does not know us. They don't click us. They, they're like, these people, they're always happy, they're joyful, they, they don't panic. You know, when everyone has run out of money, they, they just keep going to the ATM. Verse 2, verse 2. Verse 2 is going to transition us into the next part, okay? He says, beloved, now we are children of God. Now, this is the part that used to confuse me. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So there's two ways to interpret that scripture and I think both are correct. One, that when Christ returns and is fully revealed, we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is. But the other way to look at that scripture is we don't have to wait until heaven. We can renew our minds and get a revelation of him. And any time I could even read it, but we know that whenever he is revealed, we shall be like him. It doesn't have to be only then. It can be now. That's why he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may what? Prove. Show proof. Show evidence. Manifest his, God's good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, you can be manifesting God's perfect will. That's exactly what Jesus does, right? But that happens at the revelation of him. But the challenge is for Christians, we have decided that we will never really get a good glimpse of Jesus until we have been buried. And I say no. No. Because that wasn't Paul's experience. That wasn't Peter's experience. That wasn't even John's experience. Did John first die before he wrote the book of Revelation? No. Ha, ha, ha. And God is not respecter of persons. God is not saying, uh-huh. look, <laughs> if I can understand his perfect love for me and his word and his and interact with his spirit, the way those men did, I am going to get a revelation of who he is. He writes in second uh, Timothy chapter one that 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 he says that uh, And he has saved us, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. God's purpose and grace was given to you in Christ before Adam ate the fruit. Okay, before time began. But then he says, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's why Paul could get to a point of, this is revelation. The guy has known Christ so much, he gets to a point and he's debating, should I die? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I die? Should I stay? Then he starts writing, Does I really want to die. But for your sake, I'm going to hang around. Like, it's now up to him. Huh? The guy has reached a point where it's now up to him to decide. I know, I know. We've probably, like, many times we've walked in the flesh for so long, something sounds so foreign. I think it is this same group I was telling. Moses didn't know how to die. He had been in the presence of God for so much, so long, he didn't know how to die. He was not supposed to go to the promised land. God had said, you're not going to go there. But he didn't know what to do. So God had to take him and say, okay, come. Let's go up to the mountain. Reach to the top of the mountain. He said, now lie down. Lay down. He said, now die. <laughs> because they're like, what am I going to do? I don't know death. Friends, this is week one. Maybe by week three, there are four, you'll be excited. Go. Because right now, it's sounding like, ah, my experience of life right now is so far removed from what you're saying. Don't worry, we are all in a journey of repentance, but we must believe these things. You people, those guys in Acts, you've even, can now look at the guys in the Old Testament who didn't even have the spirit in them, who are not born of God. The guy is, has been die, dead for forever, then they bring dead bodies, throw in his tomb and people come back to life. And what am I doing with Christ? Uh uh-uh. uh. I can't even chest the flu. With Christ, the guy is raising the dead with his dead bones. Without Christ. Just relationship with God outside of Christ. Aye, 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 aye. <sighs> Okay, okay. I shall progress, <laughs> proceed. All right, this thing works, and works real good. Now, whatever I pressed that changed its mind. Josephine, are you bullying me? Okay. So if you are in Christ, you are God's offspring, and because God is spirit, you also are born of the spirit. That's why you're struggling with the things I'm saying, because you're thinking about them in the flesh. Now let's look at this uh, as I start to wind up. God have mercy. John 3 5 to 6 says, Jesus answered together, Most assuredly I said to you, unless one is born of water, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. We have both the natural birth and the spiritual birth. And the part of you that is born of God is spirit. Morris. Maurice. Maurice, someone. Morris. Come on, Maurice. What's your other name? Robert Morris. And when so Morris. Chuck Norris. <laughs> Chuck <laughs> Morris. <Maurice. laughs> Robert Morris said something really profound. And listen to this. And this is true. He said. My body came from dirt, is sustained by dirt, and will go back to dirt. For, for those of you who use English, English, that is the same as saying, my body came from the ground, is sustained by the ground. What sustains your body? What do you eat? Food. Where does it come from? ground, and will return to the ground. But my spirit came from God, (laughs) is sustained by God, and will return to God. We have to understand these things. Then we stop being anxious about death. Because the true you, the thing they are going to bury is your body. They waste money on tiles, what? (laughs) But the true you is from heaven. Needs to leave Sustained right now by heaven and eventually go back to heaven. So he tells Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. <laughs> ah, having been born again, not of corrupt was it, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. We are born of incorruptible seed through the word. The word of God. That's why you must embrace the word of God. Because you are born through the word of God. <laughs> For you to know your true self, you, you, can, you can only know it through the word of God. Amen, 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 people. He says, "Ah, look at this. He says, "Ah," and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man became a life-giving spirit. Who's the last man? Christ. And he says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and after all, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth made of dust. Okay? The first man was of what? Of the earth made of what? Dust. Dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Now watch out. Verse 48 might make you jump off your chair. So strap in. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is, not as was. (laughs) Uh, As is the heavenly man. So also are those who are heavenly. Kaka yeah. you walk around focusing on the dust, <laughs> behaving like the man of the dust.. Life is a hassle. The economy is bad. Marriage is hard. Ministry is hard. People are difficult. whatever. Business is terrible. Man of the dust. You're confessing the dust. Dusty man. Kumbe. Kumbe. You're carrying inside the heavenly man who knows no, who knows who does not know those limitations that you are speaking about the heavenly man who doesn't fall sick who, who doesn't get broke who doesn't get depressed who doesn't get stressed who 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 who, who, who does not uh, struggle with habits because he's the heavenly man. Now, of course, your challenge is that you are, uh, the heavenly man is abiding in the man of the dust. Now, where you focus your mind will determine the results you get. The heavenly man's results or the dust man's results. Praise God. Praise God, brethren. God is so good; He has decoded this stuff for us. He wants us to live in constant victory. Music team, you'd better come; otherwise, they will chase me away from here by force. If you don't come now, if you're in Christ, you are God's offspring, and because God is Spirit, you also are born of the Spirit, not of incorruptible, seed, not of corruptible seed. Tumaleo, <clears> tumaleo. <throat> We finish there. Romans 8, 16, 17 says, the spirit himself bears witness with what? With our flesh. Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The only place where there is a witness of your sonship is your spirit. And the more you look at the flesh, the more you lose sight of your sonship. The Spirit bears witness with our Spirit, which you can't feel, apparently. But there's a witness that we are children of God. Furthermore, this one, this one beat me. Furthermore, Hebrews 12, 9, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live God is the father of spirits God is not the father of your foot or ear and hair and hands no he created those for your ability to operate on earth But when it comes to his knowing you as daughter and son, it is your spirit. Do we get it? We get it. Your 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 understanding. He says you have come to this to the oh oh time is up. (laughs) But you have come to Mount Zion. You have come, not you will go. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, you have come, not you will go. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, you have come, not you will go. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, you have come, not you will go. What more can we say? Amen. Life in the Spirit. It's just getting started. And you're going to figure out who you really are. And the devil is going to get a permanent headache. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Salmon series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org. Or call 312 281